make sure history never forgets the name. Sci-fi melody. Got out. Well, here we go, folks. It's a three-on-one death match with Godzilla, Rodan, and Mothra coming at the challenger from outer space, King Ghidorah. Although it might be considered evenly matched, seeing as how Ghidorah has three heads. I'm going to tell you, Rage Master, the key to this match is for these three to hit King Ghidorah first and take him down before he takes them down. Uh, that's right. That's the idea, Ethan. But, you know, uh, Lightning Breath from Ghidorah is going to make that hard, especially since all three heads shoot it. But, you know, if Godzilla can hit him with his atomic breath while Mothra binds him up and Rodan keeps him grounded, they may have a shot at this. And I'm going to tell you something else, Rage Master. It's that tail whip that I'm looking for that Godzilla can deliver. If he hits him with that, I don't care where you're from in the MonsterVerse. That's got to hurt. Ooh, that's how right you are. And, oh, uh-oh, looks like Mothra got Ghidorah in some webbing. Ooh, he's in a sticky situation now. Now all they have to do, if Godzilla could just hit him with that atomic breath already, they may just win this. Frankly, I'm surprised he hasn't used the atomic breath already. I think if he had, this match would already be over. Well, I guess we got to keep the fight going somehow, Ethan. Oh, 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 look out. Oh, looks like Ghidorah's running to the hills. Or stars, as it were. I wonder if he's headed for his friends at Planet X. Well, we'll have to wait and see, because until then, this has been World Championship Wrestling Kaiju League. I'm the Rage Master. I'm Ethan Maestri. And we'll see you next time at Budokan. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for your next match. From West Newberry, Massachusetts, John Cena. And his opponent, from Netherworld, his current conquest for the galaxy is ruining a lot of people's lives, Starkron! Sci-Fi Malady, symptom number 242. Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. WWE MonsterVerse SmackDown. Welcome back, sickies, to Monster Mayhem. We are on the final episode of the month, and I, Ethan, I gotta say, it has been a ball working with you this, this month. You are truly a kaiju aficionado, I gotta say. Uh, this has been the greatest month of sci-fi malady, in my opinion, that I've had a chance to be a part of. <laughs> wow, wow, that's pretty good. E- even better than Pale Moonlight? I mean, that was just one episode, mind you, but... One episode, and thoroughly enjoyable, well, my favorite Deep Space Nine episode, but yes, I have I have thoroughly enjoyed this month, uh, all four episodes, so, yeah. Oh, absolutely, and, and that's not to say I don't like having Thomas or Scott around, but this is, we've, I think, more than made up for their absence and for those I, oh go on I'm i sorry. just i just want to say for those listeners out there that aren't that are used to a certain level of conversation and the voices that you normally hear week to week um i apologize if you know if if i may have rubbed you the wrong way but uh hey i've thoroughly enjoyed myself as i already stated so tough <laughs> hey you know what uh we th- here at sci-fi malady we're we are rubbing someone the wrong way <laughs> Okay, somebody's getting upset with us, I figure. You can't, that's just uh, the way of things when you're doing a podcast. But honestly, the, guy, the, guys, the guys needed a break. I'm, I've been happy to fill in. And uh, yeah, again, Mark, thank you. This has been a, this Kaiju month has been enjoyable. Uh, I, I completely agree. And right now I'm already extending the invite next year. 70s 70s i'm I'm taking it up you're there you are we're there yeah you are there so 23 23. hell or high water you are there (laughs) so 
But let's get back to it. So, of course, if we're going to do a kaiju movie, we got to do a Godzilla movie. That's just, of course. course. And since we're doing Battle of the G's, I thought, well, Godzilla. And then as it happened, Ethan recommended King Ghidorah. And I went, eh, a a double G booking. All right. we're, We're finishing out the month strong with Ghidorah, one of... The most interesting monsters, and I'll be honest with you, the first time I saw this monster was on Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Remember mm-hmm. that movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. Where Pee-wee's going through the Warner Brothers lot, and he's <laughs> going to all the different movies, trying to escape security after he gets his bike back, and you see a Godzilla movie, and you see Ghidorah. And, mm-hmm. and as a kid, I was watching that going, Wait. There's a three-headed monster. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. the library, the school library had these, I don't know how they were called, but there were these orange books about monsters, you know, universal monsters, all that. And uh, it was a book series about like the Wolfman and Dracula and Frankenstein and Frankenstein meets the Wolfman and all these g- great books. And there was one about Godzilla. And the cover of it had, I, I want to say it was Godzilla, but I want to say he was either fighting Rodan or Ghidorah, but Ghidorah was in the book. And that was the second time I saw him. And all I could think of is, who is this guy? Who is this monster? I got to see him. Yeah, I'm familiar with these books. Um, I don't know if it was the exact series that you're talking about, but those were a staple of third, fourth, fifth grade oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. library reading for sure. Absolutely. and so. When I saw, I remember as a kid, this must have been, oh, I don't know, I was 11 or 12, and this was on Couch Potato Theater here in Cleveland, Big Chuck and Little John, and I caught it near the end, must have been the last half hour when Ghidorah actually shows up. The good part, yeah. The good part, yeah, because <laughs> Sickies, as we'll get into, the first 45, 50 minutes of this you get very little monster action. I'm going to be honest with you. If you came to see monsters and you don't mind skipping stuff, skip the first 45, 50 minutes. Well, I'm going to disagree with you there, but we can get into the details of that later. I'm just saying, if you came just (laughs) to watch Monster Smashy Smashy, you just skip to that part. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and jump in right here. All right, go on, go on. And just explain my reason for recommending this particular movie instead of what we had discussed doing uh, Kong uh, or Godzilla versus King Kong, the 1963, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And that, since we're doing 60s, that seems like the obvious choice. And, you know, if we're going for all, all in for action, for kaiju action, okay, that's the better movie. But you don't, you don't have, I mean, as good as King Kong was, you don't have the legendary King Ghidorah, in, you know, and that it just seems like if we're going to do 60s, we have to do his introduction. And yeah, it means you only get like 30 minutes of action out of a nearly what, hour and 45 minute movie, but <laughs> hour and 33, that 33. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but we had to have that. So that that's why I put that out there as a recommend for, you know, what we would do for our final G movie. Well, and that's okay because you're you over on Age of Geek did King Kong versus Godzilla, and I kind of didn't, you know, having listened to it, I didn't really want to. A, I didn't want to step on anything, and B, I thought, well, he covered all the bases. What's he going to do with me? That's any different. So I'd have done it. I would have done it. I know you would have done it. I know. I know. I'm just saying because I, you know, I'm you know, any one of these movies, I'll talk. Sure, sure. (laughs) But I thought I want to do something different and fresh. And to my knowledge, you never did this one on Age of Geeks. So that would it would have been one of the next ones. Well, no, we we would have gone through the Mothra movie. But uh, yeah, we didn't get to this one uh, before we uh, uh, shuttered Age of Geek over there. So all right, see, uh, then I'm happy to help you pick up that ball and run with it. So, but so all in all, when I first saw this, I saw him when he was flying around and shooting lightning out of his out of his mouths and i just thought i remember looking at my brother screaming to him whatever matt 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 the 300 monster movie is on you know and didn't know it was Ghidorah at the time you know yeah it just happened to flip it on came home from the flea market that saturday and uh 
flipped on the TV and there he was flying around blowing up Matsumoto Castle, which, by the way, is a rip, but we'll get to that. Just because I've been to that castle, it's beautiful, and I was like, no, not Matsumoto! (laughs) Yeah. but No, and this is, gosh, I mean, if you are anywhere close to our age listening to this podcast, you know what we're talking about. I mean, this is the quintessential nemesis of Godzilla. Oh yeah. And so it it didn't matter if it was this movie or the next one in the series which was Invasion of uh, Astro Monster. Um and, and then you know even like in the 90s there's a really good um it's cheesy as all get out. It's basically Back to the Future with Kaiju, but it's yeah. it's a really good Japanese uh revisit of King Ghidorah and Godzilla and it's just 91 I think. Yeah. Which we'll yeah. Have to, you know what? We'll have to revisit it now. Oh, absolutely. We're going to have I'm to there. come back to it. We're so, 2024, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> or, I don't know. I, I, maybe that's a discussion for another time. What's in the 80s besides Godzilla 1984, uh, 1985? Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, okay. we'll, we'll fill the month. I'm just, you're right. There's not a whole <laughs> lot, comparatively speaking. The 80s was kind of the, you had one good movie that I can think of. Um, and then it, it, yeah, it wasn't until the nineties where Toho really kicked things off again. And, you know, then you had the, the Matthew Broderick movie in 98, which, yeah, you know, we're skipping that one. <laughs> okay. All right. But Kid- Kidora or, um, the eighties, I think Kaiju just weren't as big by the eighties. No, you needed, you needed to have a rest because as we'll get into in the, the next time we do this, the seventies were kind of the dark times. Yeah. They really then, ran things into the ground, didn't they? Yeah. But, you know, again, discussion for another time. But we're talking Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Yeah, but but you know what? Th- this movie, too, kind of started that running things into the ground a little bit. And that's that's going to introduce us into the fun facts. Because the first fun fact I got has to do with the fact that this is where Godzilla starts to become a hero. And that, in and of itself, that's not the problem. Um... But what happened was the screenwriter, Shinichi Sekizawa, and the special effects editor, director, um, they, you know, they wanted to make him more human. So they added comedic antics, you know, when they're la- him and Rodan are laughing at each other and and they're they're debating with Mothra whether they're going to go do anything. And, um... I guess what happened was director Ishiro Honda, he did not like this at all. He thought, no. he thought you're taking a character that has always been a force of nature, that has been terrifying, and turning him into a, a clown. In fact... Well, yeah, because it, as he's quoted as saying, these monsters represent the horror of warfare. Yeah. I mean, he was on records of that, and now, now the studio is wanting to change the nature of that somber uh serious note that he always kind of imbued or bestowed on these monsters and you know that's that's the place where he came from as a director for these movies and now he's being asked to do something you know completely different yeah that's right and in fact he goes on on quotes saying i'm concerned that we're drifting toward taking the easy route Believing mm-hmm. a silly storyline is okay, though it might be mocked by adults simply because the film is made for children. So Kids prophetic. won't tolerate such nonsense. So prophetic. Um, <laughs> so he, and he, I mean, he wound up doing it because he had Tanaka, in fact, um, who came, the producer who came up with the idea would later regret this decision that to, to run Godzilla this way. Um, yeah. Well, if you look at what happens through after this movie and the next movie is kind of the end of this really interesting run that the early sixties had with these Kaiju films and the Godzilla franchise in particular. Is that the one, the next one, that's the one where Godzilla starts doing that jumping up and down yes. and doing the, yes. he's, he's posing like, I guess in Japan at the time there was a real, big kind of like um i don't know what the big thing is now not flossing but um whatever <laughs> it is but that was like the the is dabbing still a thing yeah I yeah mean, it was yeah. like the dab of japan in the 60s to jump yeah. up and do that and they had godzilla doing it and it's like what yeah what are you doing to this thing well 
Right. And so in the next movie, they're leaning even heavier into making it appealing to children. And then when you get to Son of Godzilla, you know, 1966, I believe, mm-hmm. um, it's it's really just for children. Oh. The, the studio has completely gone that way. And so you get about three more years of Godzilla films, one a year, uh, up through 1969. And it really is all about the children. In fact, most of the story centers around a little boy starting mm-hmm. out. Yep. And then he features heavily throughout. So this is, we're kind of reaching the tail end of really the height and it really is the early to mid 60s where these kaiju films are at their peak other than you know uh, war of the gargantuas which is 67 and that was really good that was uh, a nice that was a nice outlier yeah yeah but uh, you know considering where the godzilla franchise was going I, I can see why adults probably would have gone to that movie and enjoyed it more sure sure I mean, that it had all the war references and everything as well. But yeah, this, that's true. And, and I'll be honest, I like Son of Godzilla. When I was a kid, that was a big, fun movie. But then again, I just you just said it, and I just said it. Kid. Yeah. Kid. Which, you know, there, it's, it is interesting. And it actually, I, Son of Godzilla, I think it's that one, or Destroy All Monsters. I can't remember which one. But it really kind of... <laughs> highlights the latchkey kids that we're going to really start becoming part of yeah. not just Japanese culture, but worldwide, you know, now. Um, but yeah, it really touches on some of those other themes. But when you're a kid, you know, you, you don't care about that. You just want to see, you know, Godzilla do his dance thing. And, and you know, you want to see Monster Island. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I remember Son of Godzilla, the way they humanized him or her in that case. I don't know. At the very end, there's the island covered in snow and Godzilla's just holding him <laughs> and stroking the baby dinosaur. Yeah. And you feel bad for it. And then, but then... I actually saw the first film, <clears throat> excuse me, well after that. Mm. And when I, I must have been, I must have been 14. And when I saw it, the 1954 original, I was shocked. Yeah. Because coming from Godzilla, to, you know, son of Godzilla, to this film where it's like, wow, this is really serious. I mean, they're treating this like a big deal, and and the black and white made him look darker, and the music was more horrible, and the, and just that chilling scene with the woman holding her kids, going, "We're going to see Dad soon. We're going to see Dad mm-hmm. soon." Yeah. And then you get to Son of Godzilla, and it's like it it's kind of like going from taking Batman from nineteen eighty eight and eight nineteen eighty nine or um uh the chris nolan batmans if you prefer or even just the new batman movie and then going back and watching the old campy adam west 66 yeah yeah it's just like <laughs> what <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean you're right so the you know we had a solid decade of godzilla was solidly solidly entrenched in the horror genre mm-hmm and then, you know, past this movie and Invasion of Astro Monster, you know, it's it's morphing. And then after that with Son of Godzilla, we've really turned the corner. And it's, I, I don't really consider it horror, not until we get into the 70s again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the Ito sisters, the Peanuts, as they were called, the Mothra twin <laughs> priestesses, they don't show up anymore after this film. They were in Mothra. They were in the Godzilla versus Mothra, this film, and that was it. You never see him again. But boy, did they make their mark in the oh. the legend. <laughs> you know what? That's I'm, I'm just going to lead off a little bit with a rip. You know the scenes, especially at the beginning with the little boys that wanted to meet them and meet Mothra, and then later on. Basically, every time they sang to Mothra, you knew it was filler. Oh, yeah. Because it went to the island. It showed everyone bowing. It showed Mothra hanging out. Finally, Mothra gets moving, takes forever. And you're just like, man, you are trying to pad that runtime. If you thought you knew the song after uh, Godzilla versus Mothra. Yep. Well, no. No. You you now you know it because yeah. we got it twice. <laughs> so, yeah, no, this. Um, but they never show up again, and probably for that reason. Um, yeah. Concerning the monster, Ghidorah, uh, it wasn't easy to move. It was so bulky and not smooth in the air, but the kids loved it so much that uh, they 
probably just kept it going, you know? In fact, originally, I guess it was either supposed to be crimson or have, like, rainbow-colored wings, but it Ooh. looked funky, so they just went with gold in the long run. Yeah. Um, good call. Yeah, definitely good call. Um, so... This was kind of a byproduct also of the success of King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, that movie is what propelled them to try to make this as well. So, um, so yeah, yeah. And, and it, uh, it got rushed into production because another one of Toho's, uh, this was a Christmas release or a holiday release. Mm -hmm. And, Toho wanted a different, it was a, sam a samurai film by uh, Kurosawa. It came but red it was, beard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was delayed. And so they rushed this one into production in, in the same year in which they had already done Mothra versus Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if you had the fun fact on the fact that this was a holdover Godzilla suit from Mothra versus Godzilla. Yeah, well, it's funny too because that, yeah, I did have that because because of that movie the mouth was wobbly the head caught on fire <laughs> once and um they had to repair the suit and it, they clearly had to do it in a rush job because it didn't look good yeah didn't look yeah. good funny thing you mentioned this coming out in productions this came out as a double header with elvis presley's harem scarum in the u.s great pairing so imagine you're coming <laughs> to see the king and then you're watching this movie well you're watching a king of a different kind <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's that's a good way of putting it um <laughs> So, let's see. Also, Mothra, you might be wondering, hey, how come it's not Mothra flying? Because they had such problems with the Rodan suit and Godzilla and then Ghidorah. They were just like, oh, forget it. Just just do the easy Mothra. Because yeah. they just didn't want to deal with more wires flying around. Well, um, I, I, be I believe at the end of uh, Mothra versus Godzilla, and it's been a couple of years since I've watched it, but I do believe the flying Mothra dies. So they had a nice out for that. They did, but the fact that like they didn't put Mothra in a cocoon and bring him back out, <laughs> yeah, bring her exactly. back out. It was like, well, I guess it was just too much work. So they said, ah, just leave it the same. Mm -hmm. Maybe Mothra takes a long time to get in a uh, cocoon mode. I guess Mothra enjoys its larval state. I I guess so. Um. A little fun fact, Rodan, when he first makes an appearance, actually sounds like Godzilla. Yes. Sound team Jeez. dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> and by the time it was in post, I guess they were just like, ah, too late now. Guess he sounds like Godzilla for this time. We've got a deadline to reach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do not have the luxury right now. Yep. Um, this is the only film where Ghidorah is not controlled by aliens. Oh, that's a that's an excellent fun fact. It is. I like that. I yeah. something I didn't think about till I read it, and I went, "That's a fact, isn't it?" <laughs> that's yeah, true. This is, is just him destroying Earth because this is what he does. Yeah. Um. So, contrary to popular belief, the Mount Fuji landscape is not easier to make than cityscapes. They actually had spent about a year building it. So, yeah wouldn't have thought that but yeah i would have thought the move the cities were way harder but nope apparently mount fuji landscape was harder still and that's interesting we can get more into that later but that that i like that fun fact because that is one of the things about the movie that you notice is it has a lot it feels a lot like the godzilla versus kong because mm -hmm. um, they do a lot of their fighting outside of the city and and here yeah. again we're we're revisiting uh the japanese countryside and mm -hmm. it's not quite as compelling in my opinion but that's uh, my opinion yeah um this film is also the first godzilla film that does not feature any uh japan defense force or military vehicles Aside from maybe a jeep and some soldiers, but there's no tanks or anything like that. Mm, that's true. It's like the army just sits this one out. <laughs> Actually, you see them <laughs> sitting at their at the diet, but the only thing they say is, "Well, atomic weapons." I think we all know the answer to that question. And that yeah, you know, most of them are on leave still, recovering after Mothra versus Godzilla. I guess so. I mean, it is right after, right? Yeah. Um. So. This is the sixth most attended Godzilla film. 
and the 95th most attended Japanese film of all time. So despite some of the not being the best in the lineup necessarily, it still scored pretty high. Apparently, the th- a three-headed dragon will always drag people in. I mean, it worked for me, right? Oh, yeah. So, um, so I think that's pretty good for... Um, well, I'll finish with this one. So, after the film's release, Honda would receive fan mail from children with one writing, I really enjoyed Ghidorah, especially when Godzilla laughs. I love Toho's monster movies more than those teen films. While Honda appreciated the imagination of the youngsters, he still was conflicted. So, this film really, it, you know, like I said, the, the, the slides started happening early, around this time, for kaiju films to get more silly. And you see that too with Gamera. Gamera, the first two or three films are trying to be more serious, but by the time you get to part four, you know, you have Gamera like there was a a fish monster that he played at scales like a xylophone. And the and the kids are always in it just going, Gamera, Gamera, Gamera. Yeah. But so, yeah, this just became a trend of let's camp it up and make it for the kids because I guess by this point they figured adults are too embarrassed to come to see these movies. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I equate it this way. Uh, Honda in his in his situation, it's not an enviable enviable position. No. I almost imagine that. What if George Lucas was tapped to direct uh, the seventh episode? with disney calling the shots it wouldn't have been pretty no. it wasn't pretty no. it would have been even worse no absolutely so <laughs> you know i yeah i i feel i actually feel bad for the guy because here's a creation and he had a good meaning for it and now the studio's basically turning it into a clown a clown yeah. show and yeah i feel bad for the guy because as someone who's working on zodiac task force if someone tried to turn it into nothing but um a humor message where we're making snarky comments and um it just it it is just one joke it, after another it's like that's not where i want to go with this yeah you have you have a vision you have a, an expectation of where you want this to go and what you want its legacy to be and he actually had to continue to work with the studio as the studio changed it away from what he wanted it to be and that yeah that that's uh you do have to feel for the guy yeah, right right so um so the plot oh i didn't even cover the plot yeah that's what i usually do well let me be real quick and easy to the best of my ability uh some there's a ufo organization looking out for ufos and they eventually see some meteor hits meteors hit the earth and at the same time there's some princess who's trying to flee a country and her the opponents to her rule man put a bomb on her plane as she's flying into japan but then someone tells her to jump out of the plane while uh, right before the plane blows up and she becomes some kind of prophetess warning earth that their doom is nigh and she happens to be everywhere in japan where something bad's about to happen like a volcano goes off and rodan comes out or godzilla gets discovered you know, on a naval ship. In fact, the uh, Ito sisters were about to get on that ship, and then the prophetess came and said, don't do it, don't do it, and that's because Godzilla shows up and destroys the ship. And Rodan and Godzilla start going at it for some reason, as two kaiju do, but at the same time, the asteroid that has been, that landed first has finally cracked open and King Ghidorah comes out and starts just laying waste to the place. And we learn from the prophetess that that's what he does. She was from Venice. And the prophetess is someone who's inhabited the body and mind of the princess. And they're the, the mind is from Venus and is trying to tell the Japanese that you, we were more advanced and we lost. Now, why did King Ghidorah show up? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't say. He moved on from Venus. Yeah, he got bored. And so Mothra uh, gets called by the Ito sisters who decides to go talk to Godzilla and Rodan who are fighting in Fuji. 
and convince them we got to go get Kidora, Godzilla, and Rodan say bug off. Mothra goes to fight on her own, gets beat up. Godzilla and Rodan get a spine, show up. The three of them work together and kick Ghidorah out of there. Oh, yeah. And by that point, the princess wakes, snaps awake and remembers who she is. The end. <laughs> so, some rips and picks here. Um, a rip. They took Ghidorah took out Matsumoto Castle. That was one of my favorite castles when I lived in Japan. And just thinking about that being ripped up and destroyed. Mm-mm, nope, 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 nope. But in a way, you could look at that rip as a positive because it achieved the effect I'm sure the director was going for. Did it really destroy the castle, or did it just rip the roof off? Yeah, it's bad I enough. I mean, it's an <laughs> it's an original castle because in Japan, there's not a lot of original castles left. Mm. Um, if they weren't destroyed in the war, they were destroyed by the Tokugawa shogunate. So to see an original castle is something nice. In fact, it was decrepit and falling apart after the war until some local middle school principal set up a fund and got it all, the money and the restoration back in place. So really... You know, it was just something special. But to see it even damaged was just, it was painful. Yeah. But I, like I said, I guess that's also a pick if you're looking at it in that direction. If you just like the destruction in a kaiju movie. Oh, yeah. well, then you're getting what you want. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'm going to go with a pick to lead off here. Um, Toho Scope. I, I want to talk about Toho Scope for just a yeah, second. Yeah, what is Toho Scope? Toho Scope, obviously they advertise it in big sprawling letters at the beginning of the, of the film. Um, this was introduced during King Kong vs. Godzilla uh, in 63. And this was Toho's answer to Cinescope that was all the rage uh, from the mid-50s on in the United States uh, cinema. And that is where you've, you you really got the 16 by 9, the uh, anim anamorphic screen mm -hmm. the ultra wide screens oh and so this was this was uh toho studios um technology it's essentially the same thing as cinescope it's just an ultra wide angle and i love this because uh and i didn't talk about it in war of gargantuas but it's there also and it's here in this movie uh, some of these I love the countryside shots where the people are out in the forest areas and whatnot. Yeah. Because you really, it feels like a wind, uh, like I'm watching it on the Blu-ray. It feels like it's held up really well. The resolution is incredible. And just the wide angle allows you to see the scenery. So if you're a fan of these kinds of films, you're actually getting a window into that world, into Japan at that time. And I, I just, I, I, thought, I thought it was really amazing. And plus, later on, not so much in this movie, but later on, it's, it's going to afford them a lot more interesting shots. Uh, with this movie, it seemed like they couldn't quite get the monsters sized right in those wide-angle shots. They were backed off too far from them. Mm -hmm. But by the time we get to War of the Gargantuas and the later Godzilla movies, they actually are able to use that, that ultra-wide screen to better effect and the model making uh, matches you know the some of the angles uh, of the camera that they that they start using and so you get some really iconic shots but I, I saw it here and i'm like okay this since we're talking about godzilla and this is kind of a big thing in later godzilla movies uh, i just wanted to bring that up here toho scope that's a definite pick for me well it's a good point i i mean i i saw it i just didn't know what it was and it does provide a good snapshot of japan at the time and <clears throat> you know, I, I was going to say a rip when I was watching this movie and the fact that it's not in a city, for the most part, the fight. And I thought they were just cheaping out. But now that I read about Toho Scope and also that it takes more time to build Mount Fuji and that's set up, um, they clearly yeah, were I trying to improve the technology and improve what they were doing and go bold. And I can, I can appreciate that. I mean, when you go bold and do something new, you're going to make it. It's not going to look as good the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they're, they're still learning here with this movie. And then, like I said, we, one of the things we loved about War of the Gargantuas was how the models really rose to the occasion of the monsters. Right. Oh, my God. Uh, they, and they blended so well together. Well, that's the result of them learning how, uh, you know, the best camera angles and how to use these shots and make the most out of this wide angle mm -hmm. lens that they were starting to use here in the middle 60s. Yep. They, and they pulled it off in War of the Gargantuans for sure. 
Yep. Um, I, you know, this is, this is a difficult rip to put down because one of the things I complained about the Gareth Edwards Godzilla was way too much human interaction, way too much, not enough monster action. And that's exactly this film. You know, the, like I said, the first 45 minutes, it's almost like a spy thriller with a doomsday science prediction. And um, it, you almost wonder if there was a, a spy thriller that they couldn't put in any other movie, so they just jammed it into this one, you know? Um, yeah. But it's still a rip, but I've come to the conclusion that it's not as bad as the Gareth Edwards thing, because Gareth Edwards teased you a lot. He showed yes. the monsters going to fight, and then he'd close the door. Or he wouldn't even have a meet, but they'd be heading in the same direction together. And, and, and he just teased you. This didn't do it. When the monsters showed up, they showed up. Yeah. So well, let me, I give him that let me, credit. Yeah, let me piggyback off of what you're talking about there. We're talking about a movie that was made six months after another Godzilla movie in which they had to build all new sets again. And in some cases, new suits. They had six months to work on that. How long did Gareth Edwards have to work on Godzilla uh, 2014? Yeah, plus he had CG (laughs) and everything else. Yeah, exactly. It's a a totally different thing. But I, I hear what you're saying. It's a lot of movie to sit through before we do finally get to some good monster action. Right, right. And so that's kind of a downer. But um, I will say this is a rip pick together. The suits and the fighting is just ridiculous. Like (laughs) the the little turkey pecking from Rodan on Godzilla's face. And then when Mothra shows up to talk to him, talk to him, that's another one. Uh, They're like playing volleyball with a rock. (laughs) They're just batting it back and forth at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And like uh, Ghidorah's head's constantly in movement. Um, I I read somewhere uh, that they were constantly having to stop production in order to untangle the wires. (laughs) I attach the heads. I believe it. In fact, there's one scene where you, when Ghidorah first shows up and flies right up in the air, you could see the wires briefly. Oh, sure. They, they messed it up. They they had a whole team of guys on gantries up above the suit. The the guy, (laughs) there's a guy in the suit. You know, mm-hmm. moving his legs and whatnot. And then there's a whole team of men on gantries that are, you know, just moving the heads around and, and just making the wings and holding the wings up and flapping them and what stuff. A bear. And they were, yeah. And they were constantly getting tangled up and having to stop, stop production in order to untangle. Uh, it must have been something. It, well, you know, it, again, it, it was a bold move for what they were trying to do. Oh, yeah. They made a monster that was very Asian in nature, but was supposed to be a big match for Godzilla, and that meant having to do something big like this. And, um, you know, mistakes were going to get made. You kind of have to... It's kind of like playing the historian's fallacy, you know, sickies. If you don't know what that is, it's using modern conventions to judge historical figures, you know, when we liked... uh, um, say you know oh well all those people in the past they they're horrible human beings for doing this action or that action and it's like well okay that wasn't good but you also got to remember they're 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 not they're not living by 2022 standards they're living by 1863 standards Mm -hmm. so though we could look back and say it wasn't good and it wasn't we, it was the time they lived in. Yeah, we can't look at it and say, well, we're superior. Yeah. Because, well, yeah, what they did was wrong, and we're not going to deny that. But, you know, assuming it was a crime, but even if it's just something harmless. But, yeah, it's 1863, not 2022. And so we could do that, the same thing with special effects. Oh, they're so bad. It's like, hang on now. Hold on a sec. You're looking at it through a guy who can watch cg movies and you're looking at a group of guys who are trying something bold and new and don't have the benefit of that technology you got to cut them a, cut them some slack yeah you got to sure. cut them some slack that they'd never done anything like this before um and because it's a studio i'm sure somebody was cutting their budget midstream 
I'm I I didn't come up with anything like that, but I wouldn't be surprised. So these guys, you gotta cut them some slack. They did great for what they were trying to do. Agreed. So um and and I really do I happen to agree with Honda that they probably shouldn't have made Godzilla and Rodan laugh at each other and humanize them like that. It really because you had this major threat with Ghidorah and here they are chuckling at each other and playing catch the ball. It it's kind of like what what's going on here? Yeah, I mean it doesn't it doesn't play well on camera now as we look at it. But I mean, if I were a if I were a kid in the theater watching this at that time, I'm like, well, that's exactly what I do when I taunt my friends when we're you know, oh yeah, playing, playing kaiju monsters, you know. And so I'm sure for kids in the audience, this was like, oh, he gets us. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid and saw it, I thought it too. I mean, if yeah, they were going yeah, for absolutely. kids and it worked, because I remember my brother and I just just watching Mothra having a chat and having the sisters ex- translate it was like, oh my gosh, the monsters can talk to each other. That's so cool. You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and and if anything, we have to remember that. Yeah. In, in the end, the studio got what it wanted. It made these things for kids and. You know what? There's part of me that thinks that's kind of an enduring, endearing thing anyway. Yeah. Even to this day. Well, and you know, later on, they're going to make Kidora far more terrorizing than he is now. Oh, sure. Terrifying. Oh, and, yeah. and you couldn't have done that without this stepping stone. So I still say bless it. <laughs> you know, <Yep. laughs> I still say bless their heart just because of this. Just because of that. Um, I, I've got another rip here if okay, I can. Go for it. Uh, the light flash scene. Uh, with the princess on the airplane. Uh-huh. Um, Akiko, I'm going to butcher her last name, Wakabayashi? Wakabayashi? Sure. Yeah, Akiko Wakabayashi. Uh, future Bond girl, uh, but not in this movie yet. Uh, she was reportedly temporarily blinded by the lights <laughs> as they flashed through the window. <laughs> oh, my God. She had to take the rest of the day off, apparently, because it, it was so intense, uh, the lights that they used, that uh, she was blinded by it. Wow. Which, if you notice, in the, the, the after the flashing happens, the scene immediately after that, and I don't think the camera cuts away, but she looks like she's cross-eyed. I mean... <laughs> you know, I wasn't even looking at that part. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, in all seriousness, it, it actually it actually damaged her just a little bit. In fact, this this among other things that happened to her uh, contributed to her early retirement in 1971 from acting. Oh. She said because of because of injuries, she uh, she was gonna, just going to retire, and walk away from it. And I mean, yeah. I, I presume she played the Bond girl after this movie. Uh, yeah, it was 67 when she appears in, um, oh, what's the one where Bond goes? It's the Connery Bond film where he's in Japan. And oh, she, you can she only plays, live twice. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Yeah, she's, uh, she's the Bond girl in the, uh, the beautiful, um, Toyota. Uh, what, uh, I forget the name I of the like car now. I that movie. Anyway. I saw that yeah, on the that's farm a good once and I really enjoyed that movie. That was a good but anyway, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um I guess I guess I'll go with a pick that this was um fun just watching monsters team up. Oh yeah. Just watching this cuz at this point you didn't have that. You know, you you had monsters fighting each other or even if you go to Gamera where he's well this Gamera will eventually go to space. Um and this will be uh, this probably came out after that, actually. But th- there were multiple monsters. There was a Gauss. There was a Gamera. There was another Hammerhead with a blade. But they all fought each other. You know, they weren't teaming up. And and this was neat because this is where you also could come up with the idea that these monsters are also protectors of the Earth, terrifying as they are, and um. You know, protectors of the earth means that if they got to kill some humans too to save it, they will. But in this case, it was very much King Ghidorah is the bigger threat. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, that human humanity of they see Mothra getting beat up real bad and just decide, well, we got to get involved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and we'll talk here again. I'm, I'm holding back in final thoughts and whatnot, but you're right. This is the, the animal. What is the word? Anthropomorphization. Anthropomorphization. Yes. Yeah. Making them more human and relatable. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, they're, they're doing it for the kids. So it, it, it works on that level. Sure. But at the same time, we can sit here now as 40-somethings and look at it and be like, yeah, I kind of wish they'd kept it a little more serious. I wish Honda had gotten his way more. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's um, probably would have been great, but it's what we got. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a pick here also. Sure. Iconic scene, and that is Ghidorah's emergence from the meteorite. Yes. I mean, was very the pyrotechnics, good. yes, the pyrotechnics, the splitting of the meteor, the fireball shooting out of it, and then, then the, the animated formation of Ghidorah in the sky and then him appearing and and just and the sound effect immediately, the, immediately the chirp, chirp sound effect yeah, that, he, that, that he does. Just, I mean. That must have been I, bold at the time to see that. Yeah. Yeah, it had to have been. And and the only time I think modern cinema has gotten close was with the uh, King of the Monsters when they when they had uh, Ghidorah's reveal in that. that. That was another. It was not the same, but it was iconic. Is that the and, one with and, the cross in the foreground? Uh, I think that was Rodan. I think that 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 was Rodan. That was Rodan. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, th- I think Ghidorah was on top of the mountain. I think. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh with the the flashing behind him. Um but they still had that they still had the kind of the homage to this reveal of Ghidorah that we had here in this movie. And I thought, yeah, that's 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 good, but this is better. Yeah. <laughs> I I got a good pick. Um when Godzilla and Rodan are going at it and Rodan picks up Godzilla and drops him on a, a power line and it was like a nut shot. <laughs> it was like just him picking up Godzilla and dropping him was was, yeah. was great to begin with, but then the whole drop him on an electrical uh, tower in the nuts was the icing on the cake. Again, for the kids, right? I, I, hey, it still works. When I saw it, it works, yeah. I remember seeing it as a kid and then seeing it now going, oh yeah, this is that part. <laughs> yep. So, All right. and also another pick lightning breath weapon that was pretty darn cool oh yeah yeah talk about iconic again that's well and he also had it's one of the coolest ones. he also had rodan's like hurricane wing power i mean this is like mm-hmm. combining three monsters in one so oh yeah yeah good stuff uh another rip that i have here is the general uh that's before the council um i i would love to see anyone that could get away with what this general gets away with we can only do our best and let heaven's will be done yeah. <laughs> that's that's his explanation for how we're gonna handle this situation uh, yeah i i gotta say i liked that too i agree with that i can only I, do I my best funny huh yeah well not a, you know I, how to boost the nation's confidence there i see <laughs> I would hope so, considering how, you know, the JDF does, doesn't show up at all. So, you know. Right, right. Sorry, our best was not even a being there. Yeah. <laughs> we decided to sit this one out. I mean, yeah, that whole Mothra but, thing, we're still pretty sore. Can you imagine a general sta- sitting before Congress and delivering that line? Well, okay, maybe he would get away with it today, but yeah, uh, I don't anyway. Know, but still, just the, but just the, well, we have to hope that heaven will help us. Yeah, and uh-huh. also in in it, along the theme of uh, characters uh, that aren't great, uh, I'm sorry, but um, Doctor Sukamoto is a quack. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, absolutely. That anyway. was the psychiatrist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just gonna use electroshock therapy. Okay, yeah. I know that was a thing back then, but um. <laughs> 5,000 volts, huh? <laughs> I I think you really are trying to kill her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, even some of his... Co- it, it just... He was so placating to her. 
yeah, we, that you believe that. Yes, you you believe you're from Venus. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just I don't know. He just struck me as not not genuine at all, and certainly not uh, a good bedside manner. I didn't think. You know, that character in and of itself is a rip because just that that was just jumping on, jamming on more and more and more stuff to do. And yeah. like I said, I got to wonder if they these were rejected scenes from other movies that they just put in there. So got a pad for time. Yeah, right, right. Well, I mean, yep. that's the Mothra song took care of that. <laughs> you figure right. you got to wonder if they filmed the monster scenes and then we're like, well, we have 35 minutes. How much more we got to have in this movie? Oh, we got 12, man. 12 minutes and two songs. So, <laughs> oh, man, we better uh, we better start padding this out a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, I think I, I think I covered all the major things I wanted to cover. How about you? I've, I've got one more pick. All right. One more pick. Uh, shout out for use of the Andes Martineau for the creepy warble sound mm. that is a staple of horror film of old. Yes. So I love that instrument and I loved hearing it here in this horror film. I guess they did try to go for a little bit of horror, which is good. That was mm-hmm. the original oh, intent. Sure. So, yeah. Well, let's see how many, uh, Ghidorah has we want to give this, uh, you want to go first? You want me? Is this a scale of one to three? Uh, the, <laughs> You, that would make sense, but we'll call it 10 just because he's okay. He's like the learning okay. Hydra or something like that. <laughs> uh, you, you wanted me to go first on this one? Uh, sure. I'll do so. I, I will. Okay. So like we've talked about, this is the start of kind of the decline into the middle or into the late 60s of the Ghidorah stories. We still get a little bit of what we had here in Invasion of Astro Monster. Um, and really, this film kind of really starts to heavily introduce those sci-fi elements that are going to become a major part of the of the Godzilla storytelling going forward. So, I got to give it a mark for that because I do enjoy kind of the plot of Invasion of Astro Monster, and we don't get that movie without Ghidorah. So, I like this movie for that fact that it introduces this uh, iconic character. Um, the rest of the '60s are not going to be kind to this franchise. And the 70s don't get a whole lot better. I mean, they, they kind of revisit it a little bit. So this you, you, there are two ways of looking at this film. This either is the beginning of the end or the decline, or it's, the, you know, kind of one of the last of the, the old guard horror films. Uh, I can't find enough to diss on this movie to bring it into a negative. I still very much, despite the fact that it's 45 minutes before Godzilla shows up, there's enough entertainment in the human story and there's enough interesting things going along that it doesn't completely put me to sleep. I'm somewhat entertained. And then when the monsters show up, they're all fighting each other and it's great. And so for that reason, calibrating it to the other movies that we've watched this month, I'm going to give this one a seven. It's just, it's, it's good. All right. I'm going to give mine about a six. Um, you know, you mentioned if how you could look at this as a beginning of the end or beginning of the end of the old guard. It obviously didn't kill the, um, the, it didn't kill the franchise and it certainly didn't kill the theme, the Kaiju film. Uh, but I do would agree that it was kind of the change of the old guard where Honda started realizing that this is changing tone now. It's not, you know, in the fifties, you had a lot of movies that on both sides of the Pacific that were warning against, uh, nuclear proliferation, nuclear power, the cold war. You had all of that to the point where even people thought that Ghidorah was a representation of the rising power of China. Now, at that point, China had gotten nuclear weapons. And now the director came out and said, no, 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 I never meant for the the script writer Sekizawa never meant that way. But, you know, I see why you might think that given past films. Clearly, they weren't going for that here. So this is more a, it's time, this was an, um, evolution 
of these kind of films and one that would slowly start to denigrate the seriousness of it that we probably wouldn't see any kind of change until the 80s the 80s of when we would start seeing trying to treat this seriously again yeah and and interestingly this movie kind of kind of foreshadows climate change even though it's not at all trying to do that but it is indicating that the earth is changing the earth is is uh, is, heat wave yeah it's it's hot in january yeah so you, you had all of these things going on too and it wasn't a theme at all but we we watch it in 2022 now and it's like oh wow yeah okay you had that in son of godzilla too yeah, that is very so, true. Um, but I, I mean, all they had then was what, what was the river that burned in Indiana, or, <laughs> or was that Ohio? Actually, that was the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland. Thank you. <laughs> sure enough, there you go. So that was happening at the time. Uh, so you know, you know, they had things. You know, first of all, <laughs> let me say there were other rivers that caught on fire. It's just for some reason we got the bad rap. Everyone remembered ours, and I couldn't tell you why. Maybe it's because shortly after that we had ten cent beer night at Cleveland Indian Stadium, and it it turned into a war zone. <laughs> Because it was 10 cent beers all night. Then the mm. limit was six per yeah. visit. <laughs> Meaning, buy your six, get out of line, down them, get back in line. And it got so bad that at one point, uh, two teenage girls, you heard me right, teenage girls serving, just got so overwhelmed, they just walked away from the beer truck. <laughs> and it became free beer night for all the good folks in that wing. <laughs> There you go. So, um, yeah, that maybe that maybe that's why. Maybe it's because ten cent beer night and everything else going on. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So, no, the environment was a thing, and we saw that in um, Godzilla versus oh, who was it? I mean, we called it the Smog Monster, but that's not what was it called. Um, uh, that was. Um, oh, what was let me it? look at my list here. Hedora. Hedora. Godzilla Hedora, versus Hedora. Hedora. That's it. <clears throat> yeah, there's a 71 film. Yeah, which really, well, I don't know, maybe we'll cover that next time, which had that save the earth. <laughs> that theme <laughs> there song is some, at the beginning. There is some trippy imagery in that movie. There, so, yeah, it might be worth a revisit. There was, there was. But um, anyway, getting back to Ghidorah, I, it, on the other hand, one of the great things is it introduced the ultimate nemesis to Godzilla. <clears throat> Someone yeah. that had the equivalent of atomic breath weapons times three could fly, could do Rodan's power. Um, about the only thing Kidora couldn't do was shoot Mothra webs. <clears throat> so <laughs> it was the ultimate kind of uh, monster killing machine. And um, they, this is, this was the beginning of that. And yeah. so I can always say, Campy it might have been back then, and Campy it might have gotten a little bit later, but they brought it back around and turned King Kidora back into the threat that he is. Uh, and matter of fact, I have a t-shirt with him on it, and Godzilla. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. when we were down in Epcot Center, you go into Japan area, they got this um, store, and there's um, t-shirts with uh, Godzilla ripping apart a, like, oh, what was that old, you know, picture with the waves i forget who did that japanese artist oh yeah yeah i know, what you, I, know I know the art style you're referring yeah, to yeah but it's godzilla there and then the other one is kidora and he's attacking some uh fishermen at sea yeah the uh this um uh, uh criterion collection that i've got is in that same art style oh, okay. all of the imagery in it it's it's gorgeous i i just a, a shout out to the criterion collection for it's an eight disc set mm-hmm. uh with i think 15 of these kaiju films from toho from you know 54 all the way up to 75 mm-hmm. yeah something like that um just an absolutely beautiful collection and a lot of good information uh in there criterion always does a great job mm. at assembling these collections and uh the godzilla collection is is not one to be missed so highly recommended all right so for all those reasons but on the downside it is the 45 minutes it is a spy thriller that isn't really nearly as interesting as they think it is 
Um, the, the profit idea, the prophetess was a good idea, but it could have been done without the whole princess um, espionage thing. You didn't yeah, need yeah. that. Um, so the story's a little lacking. I, I'm not going to lie. It's not the greatest thing in the world, comparatively speaking. But at least, unlike the, the Gareth Edwards film, it doesn't tease you. It doesn't show you Ghidorah flying over to Tokyo, and then it pans away so you could watch a scientist arguing with someone else or them trying to deliver psychiatric treatment to a princess. It is, you know, they when it gets to the monsters doing their thing, whether they're bouncing their rubbery heads off each other or um, fighting it out or um, uh, fight teaming up against Kidora. When it gets to that point, it gets to that point. So I'm going to give this a six. Um, average. But average in a great way because of given the character and the boldness of the story. So all in all, Sickies, it's worth watching. Absolutely. It's definitely worth a watch. I definitely recommend it. Even though I'm a little less than Ethan, I still would say if you're going to, if you can only pick a handful of Godzilla movies to watch, this should be on your list. So. Absolutely. And, and it's out there on YouTube, so it, it's not hard to That's find. That's right. In fact, a lot of those old Toho movies are on YouTube. But mm-hmm. anyway, so <clears throat> there are, before I go into our little spiel announcing what we've done, which was your favorite film this month, Ian or Ethan? Um, based on my ratings, I, I, to my surprise, War of the Gargantuas. I think that was the most entertainment. Absolutely. I'm with you a hundred percent, hundred percent. I think. So um, thank you because that was, that was a new one to add to the, uh, uh, to the collection to, uh, to be able to enjoy. And if you want to watch the prequel to that, it's, um, Frankenstein. Well, in English, it's Frankenstein. Um, conquers the world. It might also be called Frankenstein versus Baragon. Frankenstein conquers the world. You know, one of those variations. Yeah. But that would be the and, prequel. And we didn't have any kids featuring in these last two films. So oh, yeah. I come back to the question I posed to you a couple of episodes back. Um, which of the two kids would you prefer? Ishiro or uh, what was the other one? Oh, that <laughs> kid. Uh, the other oh, one. the kid from. Um, Gorgo. From Gorgo. Yeah. Sean. 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 I say Sean because I saw him less. All right. Well, I guess I'll, I'll pick Team Ish- Ishiro then. Yeah. So we'll square them off in a fight and see who wins. So. <laughs> Doesn't matter who wins. We lose. <laughs> we lose. <laughs> yes. This is we true. We lose no matter how you slice it. But, um, but yeah, no, I agree. War of the Gargantuan is definitely my favorite. Uh, it, it, it retained all the seriousness that a Toho kaiju film would want, but was also really just outright entertaining. Never a yeah. dull moment. Um, I'm kind of wishing they had done that with King Kidora. The movie would have been a 10, a solid yeah. 10 if they had... With a little more action. Yeah, yeah. if they had kept it just like that, I, I think it would have been a 10 because he is such a cool monster. Um, yeah. And the but, idea of I mean, Godzilla teaming up to f- have to having to team up to fight him and survive is just such yeah. a great idea. Yeah, but I'm telling you, if if a theater lined up uh, a, an all all day uh, set and these were the four films that they were going to feature, I'd pay oh, and sit. I'd go all day and I'd yeah, I'd drop money absolutely. for that absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um. We have. So, for those of you sickies that are interested, we have lots of other programs over here on Raving Lunatic Media. We have A Case of the Chills just dropped a week ago where Layla talked about not a haunted elevator. That's hopefully coming out soon. But no, she talked about the Jersey Devil. And just uh, week last week, so two weeks ago was the Jersey Devil. Last week was Cold Case Chase, the identity of the East Doll Woman. We also had an, an episode of ZTF drop the beginning of the month. Definitely worth a look-see. We'll be get, dropping another one pretty soon. In addition to one of our side gigs, there will be one of the side end episodes, mini episodes coming out pretty soon, I believe. Uh, you also have, if you are so inclined, if you are interested, whether you've watched Andromeda or not, you've got Take Back the Night. Or drive, drive back, back the, the night. night. Jeez, I just say take easily. <laughs> just, drive back the night. 
and uh, I believe you recorded for that last week, did you not? Uh, no, that plan fell through. We we did we did do something else, but uh, you know that'll be for a future release okay. next month. All so. right. All right. So drive back the night. Where can they find you doing that, Ethan? Uh, that's over at andromedaseries.podbean.com. You'll find all, I think we're up to episode, well, close, pushing close to episode 80. Uh, we're deep into season four uh, doing episodic uh, discussions of Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. So drive back the night, the Andromeda Series podcast. Check it out. And he's not kidding, by the way. That's probably the I mean, it is it is the when I say the it's not because we're official or anything. It's just we're the only one. Yeah. I mean, in fact, sickies, if you don't know this, Ethan found us just because we covered an Andromeda in an episode, just one symptom. And he found it and was just like, what? Someone else is talking about this show. (laughs) Instant connection. So join the community. Yeah, it's real easy to get in. (laughs) Very few barriers to entry sickies. Yeah. So we're we're not exclusive. But uh, oh, boy, Ethan, this has been a total blast um thank you so much for joining us this month um matter of fact next month we're going to be doing jokester june which is uh it's going to be interesting we're going to be reviewing ms3k episodes so we're reviewing a review of a movie (laughs) and if you are so inclined to join us on any of those you are more than welcome but Regardless of that, you made this month so much more. Because if it had just been me doing a half the time, oh boy, <laughs> there's <laughs> no. It, this this has been a thrill because you know the, these are movies that are near and dear to my heart, and I have thoroughly enjoyed discussing them with you. Um, and, and despite the fact that the other two, uh, for the, the Scott and Thomas, weren't here, we understand why. We know why. Mm-hmm. You know, congratulations again to Scott and uh, hope, hope, hope I was able to uh, keep the chair warm for, for you guys both. And uh, I look forward to hearing you next month. Oh, no, they're the, you are more than welcome anytime you like. And thank you so much for coming. So, uh, so sickies, if you want to get a hold of us, you could do so on our discord channel at, at raving lunatic media. Just join on in, do the general chat, try out for some parts. You put, in the auditions tab uh if you're so inclined you can also go to www.3headedmonster that shoots lightning out of its butt no ravinglunaticmedia.com 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 how do they find you if they want to go see drive back the night or listen to it. Andromedaseries.podbean.com or follow us on Twitter at AndromedaPod. What's left for them to do, Rage Master? Stay sick, sickies. Stay sick, sickies.